Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. Well, today is Monday, and I have been running around all day. Doug, what's in the You news? don't even know what's going on, do you? <laughs> You've been out there. Well, Taylor, it is good to be in the studio with you today on this Monday. It's hard to believe it's 20 September and that almost yeah. through September, man. 11 months. I mean, my, like my daughter's 11 months if, old today. If you go to, oh, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. Sweet, Sayla, we, we got a chance to go to lunch together on Sunday, and uh, I just love that little girl. It's so sweet. Yeah, you know? she's always smiling. Always smiling. She loves her Uncle Dougie, her <laughs> poppy, actually, her poppy. Yeah, so uh, I don't know what she calls your dad. I better be careful. So what does no, she call He's Saba. Saba? Which, yeah, okay. Hebrew for grand grandpa. Um, well, I, uh, I a couple of things in the news. You know, uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth, uh, and we are uh, about getting truth out of God's word. The truth is Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the life. But during the first segment, we usually will talk about things going on either locally in the news, like, uh, in our world or internationally or nationally. And, uh, I, th- I I've been kind of taken back and, uh, you know, how Gabby Petito mm. has captivated the news, mm-hmm. but Gabby Petito is one of hundreds literally young women that disappear all over do you know i mean like there's a lot of trafficking and a lot of other women and it's not that it's not tragic it is tragic but i always you ever wonder why they focus in on one particular person yeah i don't know i think you know maybe because there was a video uh you know body cam footage from a few days before and then there's also the 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 fiance who seems to be involved i think those type of stories kind of get at people a little differently so maybe that's why and maybe because there's a face with it uh, more so than you know just talking about the numbers coming across the border of children being trafficked and stuff like that but yeah it is kind of it's all over the place i mean everybody is talking about it um yeah yeah. it's just kind of crazy to me like uh how they just pick i mean i don't know it's just they pick her uh because there's other children that have disappeared and have been murdered and i mean like everybody's talking if you go to all the major news like whatever one does they all do and it just seems like we could better resource you know use resources if everybody talked about the different ones i don't know i just thought that because when i was in the bureau we used to read we'd read traffic reports of uh of crimes and things that were going on and there were people missing all the time kids abducted uh all kinds of bad stuff i think Uh, for the public though that's not that, that doesn't seep into the consciousness, you know, just to, just how much of that stuff goes on every day. Um, and then so unless it's highlighted by something, then they don't think about it. And then every once in a while, the news highlights it instead of constantly talking about, you know, really how many people are abducted. Well, um, I, I wanted to let everybody know that uh, if you were irritated with the uh, World Meteorological Organization, 
for going to Greek names for storms, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know, last year they used Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, all the way up through Iota. And um, there was too much focus on the Greek name and not enough focus on the storm itself, they mm-hmm. said. So they're doing away with that. And so now they've added Adria, Braylon, Caridad, Deshaun, Emery, Foster, Gemma, Heath, Isla, Jacobus, Kinsey, Lucio. I mean, Michaela, Tayshawn. I mean, like they. It's. It sounds to me like a very inclusive list of names. Hmm. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Wait, so, I mean, like think about it. I mean, I just think it's funny. Like I wouldn't want a name. I wouldn't want a storm named after me. Because if if a bad storm comes through, would you want tropical? You know, Hurricane Taylor devastates. Everybody, when they, what's your name? Taylor. Oh, they would think of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah, like uh, some of the. Why would they want to be inclusive with names of storms? I don't know. I just think that's funny. Yeah, I, I guess I, I was going to ask, you know, that they had those names. Are those names of storms that they're going to name? No, that's what, those are future names for oh, this year. Okay. Those are this year's storms names. So uh, if we get down to the end, Eve, Ronan is one. That's a cool name. <laughs> uh, Ronan, Viviana. Uh, so. So Will? <laughs> I didn't know that they picked the names before. Yeah, they, they lay they, out the names I didn't before. Know that. So, anyway, uh, what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. It was just <laughs> in the news. So, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I think they're still uh, trying to um, uh, approve. I don't know. I, I read one thing that said uh, vaccines were approved for 5 to 11, and another said they're still mm. considering. So, I'm not really sure where that is. Uh, you know, if you heard Dr. Merritt last week, she said they don't need it. Yeah, That's what she said, and I trust her more than I trust Fauci any day of the week or the FDA or NIH. I just don't trust them. Um, so, um, And, I mean, if you look at just kind of how this has gone throughout the year, it's, uh, well, I guess almost two years now or a year and a half or whatever, it, children have done well against uh, the coronavirus and uh even the Delta variant, I know there's been a lot of talk about it being increased lethality mm-hmm. um, to children, but then, you know, other studies are saying that it's actually RSV that you're seeing in, in, in children that's been on uh, the uptick. So it's it's murky waters, but for the most part, uh, every I mean, for the most part, unless you're elderly or you have comorbidities, you're going to be, uh, you know, do well. Again, for the most part, that's not everybody. And then children especially um, seem to do well against uh, this virus, which is a blessing and one that we kind of take for granted, and it's a shame that that's the case. Well, we uh, this this Friday uh, during the first half hour, we're hopefully going to have a local physician who has uh, I met at the protest. He was mm-hmm. protesting actually, uh, and he he emailed me last week, and it was very interesting. Uh, I got it over the weekend. And uh, he told me in the email of a colleague that had a clot in his leg that ran all the way from his ankle up to his groin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he attributes it to the vaccine. And uh, he, he has at least four or five personal anecdotes of people he knows or friends of people he knows that have uh, either been seriously injured or died from the vaccine and people go why are you telling me this i got the vaccine there's nothing i can do no that's not true uh, you can be aware 
uh, like Dr. Merritt said, you can take uh, aspirin, blood thinners, whatever, because uh, it depends on the vaccine you had. I mm-hmm. think there's the, the mRNA vaccines, the uh, Pfizer and the uh, Moderna are the ones I think that they're having serious clotting issues with or the micro clots. I don't and, even think uh, you can get J&J anymore, though. Really? Yeah. I, it I was a one-shot deal, right? Yeah. yeah, the J&J. So anyway, I'm hoping that he will be able to address some of this. He is a local physician, and I met him last week, and he sent me that email with these anecdotes. Um, and then I, I think, uh, Taylor, you had came across something uh, earlier uh today uh, that you sent me about uh oh yeah that was i saw that on um dr uh uh, uh robert malone yeah malone who had- uh, whose malone has been a pretty he he and um dr uh merritt and dr mccullough mm-hmm. uh, uh they have been pretty outspoken and sticking together but it says fda experts revealed that the covid19 vaccines are killing at least two people for every one life they save as they vote 16 to 2 against the approval of a booster shot. That came out in what they were talking about. And that's a pretty big deal because if you went to the – you don't see those kind of numbers out there, so where are they? And that's like this doctor, when he starts rattling off people he knows personally that have died from it, um, that's pretty, pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I saw that. I was pretty, uh, I was, I was shocked. But you know who it was coming from? I knew that as a, a reputable source. So then I went through it, and you know it's got uh, links and and stuff like that uh, to further. That. And that's a pretty crazy thing to say. Um, and then also, kind of as a side note to that, when I clicked on the link, Twitter was like, uh, "This is a unsafe article to go to." Uh, so they're <laughs> yeah. like ratcheting up the type of uh, censorship they're doing. Um, by making making you think that it's an unsafe link, you know, that you're going to get a virus or something by clicking on it, which is uh, pretty pretty crazy. And let's go back. You know, one of the things that I asked Dr. Merritt on Thursday real quick before I know we're going to break here is uh, the, you know, people are throwing out, and I heard it again this weekend on television, one of the news people were saying, you know, you got, pol- you know, you, ha- you had no problem taking the polio vaccine or the smallpox vaccine. Uh, why, why are you... Uh, hesitant to take the covid vaccine well neither one of those had a, a death ratio of 0.001 percent mm-hmm. i mean the, the the bottom line is most children are not and people are saying that the hospital emergency rooms are filled with children they haven't been that's not saying some children haven't gotten sick but part of this issue like uh byron bridal said is we've created somewhat of a super bug a little bit out there with some of these variants because we vaccinated too quickly of everybody with this stuff that it's it's seeking host and ways to survive and and there's just a lot of stuff we don't know but one thing that has become clear that sometimes the cure can be worse than the disease oh yeah and and if uh, you know talking about a leaky vaccine and if if the antibody dependent enhancement ends up being something that's really happening right now, that that is that's something that nobody wants because that'll be very uh, destructive. Um, anyway, yeah. We, well, we're real quick, Malone says even I think no, uh, it was uh, I don't I think it was Malone or a guy named Steve Kirsch who was on this report. You said even if the vaccines have a hundred percent protection, which they don't, they're still killing two people to save one life. 
that don't make that don't make any sense. Yeah, it's, it's not very effective, right? <laughs> we, uh, you could say that. Right? <laughs> All right, we are up against the break. We'll be back with more after the break. Uh, you can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we talked a little bit about the news of the day, as we do every day in the first segment. And we are going to be talking about um, Acts chapter 8 this week, looking at um, renewing our dive into Acts. Last week, uh, we in the week before that? Yeah, last week and the week before that, we dug through... Um, what we have already gone through. Yeah, just we just reviewed one through seven uh, chapters, one through seven. But now we actually are uh, at SWAT last week. The Bible studies we went into one through eight, looking at persecution. And this week we're going to talk about that as it relates to the church, because it's really the first look at church persecution in the Bible. Uh, the believe, I mean, the apostles were persecuted individually as leaders. Stephen was the first martyr, uh, but the church as a whole, the group was not really targeted until Acts chapter one, eight, eight chapter one. I mean, chapter eight, verse, verse one. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right. Um, yeah. So anyway, if you missed any of the review, or you missed any of Acts, um, yeah, yeah, any of the review, or any of what we've covered in Acts, which was before the summer break. That's what yeah. I was saying earlier. Um, you can go back and listen at www.swatradio.com. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. You can click on our past programs link, and there you'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including everything that we've gone through in Acts. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, one of the things, before we jump into this, uh, I have a question for you if you're listening there. What does persecution look like in America for believers? It, I think it looks different for people here than it does, say, in India, 
uh, over in uh, Asia, uh, maybe uh, over in, um, I don't know, the Middle East. Uh, those those places, uh, they they physically beat people. In fact, in, in um, Afghanistan, they beat and killed Christians mm-hmm. as soon as we left and got out of there. Uh, India, routinely, the extremist Hindus will uh, beat a Christian, somebody who professes Christ. They will uh, put a fire or a tire around them and uh, douse it with gasoline and light them on fire mm. if they're believers. We don't deal with that here. Uh, Buddhist, uh, extremist Buddhists do the same thing. I thought Buddhists were supposed to be peace-loving, but, you know, they, they extremist Buddhists don't like Christians. Why is it that Muslims kill Christians, Hindus kill Christians, Buddhists kill Christians to because people convert to Jesus Christ, they follow Jesus Christ. Why are they killing them? Well, uh, Jesus said in John 16, verse 2, why they do it. He said, they will kill you, and they'll think they're doing it for God um, to please their God, uh, They but they don't know me or they don't know the Father. And he told his disciples that, and, he, and it's uh, – memorialized for us in the scriptures he also said in john 15 the world's going to hate you because it hated me and persecution has been around for a long time it preceded the church it preceded i mean there were persecuted prophets they think back to jeremiah what Mm -hmm. they did with him because he told the truth or or go back and and look at how the prophets were were treated um just for conveying truth the truth of god's word to his people Think about Moses, how the people rebelled against him uh, because he was speaking the words of God. So the persecution's been around for a long time, and it's always a reality for the true church. So we should expect it, but we don't, do we? Why is that? Uh, I I would say because, you know, false insecurity, uh, security, comfort and ease you know that we've had in this country and just and and possibly to looking at well you know that extreme stuff isn't happening here so you know well um our founding fathers as imperfect and flawed as they were most of them if even if they didn't have a personal relationship with god believed in the values of the bible and the values judeo-christian values and so when they established the ruling authority of our form of government, which is, folks, our Constitution, the Constitution is the final say. Typically, it should be. That's what they intended. It was the document that people could go to to say, is this politician messing up? Is he overstepping the controls that, that we sense as a group of men back in you know 250 years ago? God leading us because they felt divinely inspired to put that document in place. And it has been the form of authority of our government. And we've had this form longer than any other government in the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the experiment still continues as flawed as it is right now. You can still talk about Jesus right now without having to worry about somebody coming into your home and dragging you off to jail. Yeah. Um, You still, we should have the freedom of press. I mean, even if they stop our drones from a press drone from flying over to expose, you know, things that are bad, even if 
uh, 95% of the mainstream media doesn't report accurately. They slant it to a particular point of view. We still live in a country where we're free to worship. We can go to church on Sunday. Uh, you may not live in a state like that right now. Maybe your state's still locking you down. Maybe they're not letting you, but thank goodness we have a governor in our state that uh, applauds that. But even let's go to California. John MacArthur, Gavin Newsom was the governor out there, said you will not meet, and John MacArthur defied that order. His church met. They met and met and met and met for over a year. They gathered as believers, fulfilling what God told us to do. They prayed. They worshiped. They equipped each other for the gospel, and they weren't thrown in jail. They, they weren't beaten. Why? Because our founding fathers established that here. And so in, a, in the U.S., we've experienced a lot of favor from God and freedom, but unfortunately, we've squandered that freedom, and instead of using it as a, a base to go throughout the world and help those who really are persecuted and to try to be an encouragement to them, We've become very lukewarm as a church in our country. Uh, we've become very soft. It's kind of like, you know, if you, if you, any good soldier or Marine is going to train. If they're not training, what happens? You become soft. Yeah. If you go sit back in your barracks and you just watch TV and eat and you don't go out and do training every day, you don't make a good soldier. And what we've done is every Sunday we go in and get fed a diet of the word, and we go home and sit on our couch, and we don't do anything with it, and so we become soft. And so the church is very soft, so now we think we're being persecuted if somebody doesn't like us. We think we're being persecuted now if somebody just ha gets upset with us. That's not persecution. Persecution is a programmatic effort to stifle something because of ideology or belief using threats of violence and in physical force to inflict that. And so uh, we've seen that with the apostles. They were arrested and they were flogged. They were told in chapter 3 and chapters 4 and 5 not to speak about Jesus specifically. Have you ever been told that by a government official? Mm -mm. Neither have I. Not, I've been told by my boss one time or my supervisor not to do it. But he was wrong in telling me that. He didn't have the right to tell me that at the place where I was doing it. And, and so, you know, we haven't experienced what the apostles experienced. They were told not to speak about Jesus. But if you're out there and you're not speaking about Jesus, why aren't you? I mean, that should alarm us that, that we have all this freedom, too, and we don't. We don't speak about him. And... You know, we, 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 you know, we talk about a lot of things on here, but those things that we talk about, we want to be truthful in them, whether it's the vaccine or whether it's mask or whether it's, you know, the laws of our country, whatever those things are. But the most important thing, don't forget this, and we, we don't want to forget this. Uh, some people may think because we're passionate about a lot of things that we're not passionate about this, but the most driving passion for us is the sharing of the good news with somebody. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, we have to be pragmatic about it. Uh, we can't do this because then they won't listen. No, we still speak the truth. We speak the truth in love. But the bottom line is our 
mission here, our mandate is to be proclaimers of the good news of Jesus Christ. And because we're doing that, Jesus said in John 15, the world's going to hate you because it hates me. So if we're telling people about somebody that the world hates and they're of the world, then of course they're going to hate us. They're not going to like us. And, you know, I I was uh, sharing with the guys at SWAT, Taylor, about going down to Ecuador almost 15, 18 years ago. Mm. And when I went down there, I went to the site where five missionaries were killed by the the, uh, Warani Indians down there. They were called Aquas. They don't like that name, but uh, Warani, the Warani, sorry, Warani Indians were down there. They were a very fierce tribe of uh, in, uh, natives to Ecuador in the, the, the forest. And some missionaries from up here went down there. Nate Saint, um, uh, Jim Elliott, and some others went down there with their wives. And when they went down there, their goal was to share the gospel with them. They wanted to go where nobody wanted to go. They felt led by God to go there. They knew that going there, they were going to speak to what the rest of the world referred to as savages. Now, stop and think for a second. If God moved in you to go right now over to Afghanistan, and he affirmed it through some other things that went on in your life that just kind of pointed toward you going over there, is your first thought, man, I'm going to go. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want to go. I want to go give my life and lay it down. What typically goes through our minds first? That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I got a wife. I got a son. I mean, a daughter. Sorry. Sorry, Selah. Uh, I got a daughter. Um, I, and we think about the cost involved instead of the mandate and who's giving it to us. You know, um, and you understand when you, I know you went to the police academy, if you would have made it, I mean, you did finish, but if you were on the police force and they, and the chief goes, okay, we got, you got to go take that. We got a bad guy in there. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I can't, I got a wife and the police don't do that. Why? Because of the mandate. And when we come back, I want to pick up on that mandate and how we conditionalize it for us. And we shouldn't if we're his. All right, so stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online wherever you are in the country or around the world. And we'd also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners, 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. If you are just joining us this week, we are going to be looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8, and we are talking about persecution. That's where we left off with um, just before the break, so that is where we're picking it up, um, a heavy topic and one that we need to think about more, I would say. 
Yeah, and you know, we I was I was talking about um, Jim Elliott and uh, the missionaries who went uh, down to uh, South America to Ecuador. And like I said, I had a chance to uh, go down there uh, and uh, back in uh, about 2000, uh, 2001 time frame uh, with a group of guys from, um, from uh, Texas. There's four of us went down there and had a chance to actually go out to where they were killed. But uh, Jim Elliott penned this before he died a martyr. He was a martyr. And, and by the way, there had been martyrs before Jim Elliott and the others uh, that went down there. Um, um, you know, it was a, a, a Nate Saint, uh, Ed McCulley, uh, Roger Uterin, and Pete Fleming. So these five all were in a Piper, a little small, you know, aircraft, and they landed on a beach, and they were passing out gifts to the Warani, and they were um, they they were trying to reach them for Christ. They knew these people were were quote savages. The Waranis were, um, and um, they were trying to uh, connect in order to share the gospel with them. But um, they were killed by around 10 to 12 Warani warriors who came out there. And, uh, you know, Jim wrote, uh, by the way, that happened um, back in, let's see, let me see the date that happened. Because I wasn't wasn't sure the exact date. I know that... um, it was in the fifties, but I'm I'm just not sure. They I, I, they got there in early uh, 1952, but I'm not sure the exact date. Um, but if you go back, so it's it's somewhere. Oh, it was on uh, January. I'm sorry, January eighth, 1956. So they had been down there for a while, right? But uh, back in 1949, so like seven years before this happened, he wrote. In his journal, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I'll say that again. He is no fool to give up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And he he had cited Luke sixteen nine, which says that when it shall fall, they may receive you, or when it when it shall fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Um, and so. Uh, he went down there, and a lot of people know this story. Why? Uh, there were missionaries killed before that. There were martyrs in China. There were martyrs in, over in Africa. There were martyrs in other parts of the world, in Russia, Eastern Europe, North Korea, all over the place there had been martyrs. But why did this rock the world? There were five missionaries killed. And, I mean, they've made a movie about it called Beyond the Gates of Splendor, Um uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot, Jim's wife, has written several books, and um, it, it was an amazing thing that happened that launched one of the great missionary movements of modern history. When people heard their story, when people heard their passion, knowing that they were going into a very tough place, um, they that it just launched this great missionary movement. So. The question is, if that's true, uh, that it launches great missionary movement, was the death of these five missionaries a bad thing or a good thing? 
What was persecution a good thing or a bad thing? You know, we tend to look at persecution as a negative thing, but God used it to launch this great missionary movement. He did the same thing back in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, with the scattering of the church. And I'm going to have you read 1 through 8 in a second, but I had the opportunity, like I said, to go down there. And, you know, one of the greatest privileges in my whole life was to go down there and meet one of the guys that was in that original killing party mm-hmm. who was a believer today and a follower of Jesus and an elder in this little church of only a handful of people. But he prayed over us, prayed God's favor and blessing on us, and it was surreal to have this guy praying over us, knowing 50 years earlier he had killed these people thrown spears and killed these believers who had done nothing aggressive to them, who had just gone to try to love them. And I mean, and it reminded you of Paul and here Paul is and people are laying their garments down at Paul's feet and, and Paul's watching Stephen be stoned. And you know what God's doing? He's giving him really a picture of his own life. I don't think this was their first encounter. You know, Paul was from Tarsus, which was in Cilicia. And remember back in Acts chapter 6, Stephen was going through the the synagogues for the Hellenistic Jews and sharing the good news with them and debating with them. And there was a group of them that brought false charges against him. So I think it's very, very reasonable to think that Saul would have been in that synagogue where he was arguing. But now it says at the end of chapter 7 that they laid their garments down at the feet of a young man named Saul. Uh, and so Saul witnessed what happened there. And, and I think God's giving Saul this picture of his life. You know, if you think about it, Stephen was arrested. Saul's going to get arrested many times. Uh, Stephen was uh Stone Saul was going to be stone. Uh, uh, Stephen gave this great defense over in Acts 22. We're going to read it from it in a minute. Saul gives this great defense, not only in Acts 22 to the crowd, but he goes before Festus, Felix, and even Herod and gives this great defense and, and, and the story of Jesus. And, and so um, I, I think you're seeing this played out where Saul gets to see what's going to happen in his own life. He didn't know that at the time, mm. but he's sitting there. Remember who educated Saul? G- you remember? Gamaliel. Gamaliel, yeah. yeah. Well, just remember back at the end of chapter 5 what happened. Remember, they they want to kill the apostles, mm-hmm. and Gamaliel stands up and says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. If this is from God, you're going to be seen opposing God you got to wonder what's going through Saul's mind as he's watching this guy who's willing to lay down his life and then prays for the people that are killing him. And so that kind of sets the backdrop. And notice it says at the end, the very last verse of chapter 7, it doesn't say Stephen died. It says he fell asleep because as believers, we don't die. We, 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 you know, we, we don't ever have to fear death. We don't have to fear the pain, the coldness. We, we move from this life immediately into the presence of Christ. And so uh, chapter 8 starts off with the name Saul, 
We finished up with Saul in seven. Now in eight, we we hear Saul's name again. And I'm gonna have you read eight one through eight, and then we're gonna come back and just uh, we're gonna talk about the two ideas that we're gonna look at tomorrow and Wednesday. All right. And Saul approved of his execution. And there arose on that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, uh, and Samaria, except the apostles. Devout men buried Stephen and made great lamentation over him. But Saul was ravaging the church, and entering house after house, he dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. Mm. Much joy in that city. You know why? Because people were coming to Christ. People were following Jesus. People had recognized Messiah had come. In the same way that the woman at the well in Samaria in John chapter 4 went and told everybody, come, come and see this guy. These people were excited that the Messiah had come. But verse 1 starts off, Saul approved of his execution. Uh, he gave an endorsement. He, he didn't have the same attitude as Gamaliel, who said maybe we should just pull back a little bit, go ahead and, you know, just not, not hurt these guys, although they beat them, then they flogged them the end of chapter five, right? Yeah. You, they, they flogged these guys and that wasn't fun. That's 39 mm-hmm. lashes, man. That was not a good experience. But how did the disciples respond to that? It says they went away rejoicing that they had been counted worthy to suffer. And so as we look at this text today, tomorrow and Wednesday specifically and Thursday, probably, because I think our guest this week is going to be on Friday instead of Thursday, um, is if you follow Jesus and you're part of his family, two things you can be sure of. One, you are going to be persecuted. There's going to be opposition. It may come in the form of government persecution. It can, may come in the form of family persecution. It may come in the form of physical persecution. It may be emotional. It may be uh, it, we, you will be persecuted. Satan himself can persecute you uh, by bringing demonic activity into your life. He can manipulate people. A lot of people don't believe that. See, we tend to look at humans and we blame them for everything, not realizing that Satan himself can influence believers. He can. He can't, you know, I I don't believe he can um, Possess. possess them, but he can influence them, right? I mean, he can't influence them because even believers can be deceived because Satan can appear even as an angel of light. People can be thinking they're like we were talking. uh, I don't know if it was uh, Friday. We're saying people, maybe it was you who said this people doing the wrong things for the right reason. You said it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. People doing the wrong things for the right reasons that their hearts are trying to care for people, but they're doing the wrong things because they bought into groupthink. Mm Mm-hmm. And the enemy can influence them. He can appear as an angel of light. So if you follow Jesus and are part of his family, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to have opposition. We're going to see that in verses 1 through 3. But verses 4 through 8, we're going to see that you will proclaim Jesus as Messiah also and his word if you follow him. So if you're not 
proclaiming him as Messiah. You're not proclaiming his word. You're not taking advantage of those opportunities. We've got to ask the question, why? If I Am I a follower? Am I part of his family? Right. And I don't think we like answering those questions sometimes. We don't like having those asked. Yeah. It makes us uncomfortable. And that's true. So stick with us. We're going to pick up right there when we get back. We'll be back with more after the break. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night. That is Even If by Mercy Me. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 8, verses 1 through 8. Uh, We will be looking at that all week, talking about persecution and our response to it, as well as um, what happens in Acts immediately after uh, the church in Jerusalem is persecuted. If you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, Doug, I did have a question for you, um, and that going back to uh, the ver- the passage, why did, or I guess going back to um, chapter seven, why did Saul not, uh, partake? Like, why did they lay their feet, uh, lay their cloaks at his feet? Like, why was he not a participant in the stoning? You know, I, I, um, nobody knows for sure. Mm -hmm. Nobody can say specifically why he didn't partake. Um, he, you know, uh, I heard one commentator say that the fact that Saul, you know, typically when you brought charges against somebody, the witness, the first witness had to throw the first stone. Mm. I mean, if you were making charges, you had to show your yeah. buy-in and belief that this person really was guilty by throwing the first stone. So he didn't do that. Um, but some have said that he brought the charges against him and he was there and he gave his approval uh, maybe representing Gamaliel maybe representing the council uh, that you know the it, the way it's uh, kind of laid out in acts as if he 
um, the crowd was whipped up into a frenzy when he was speaking and they just charged into it and they laid him at his feet because they were trying to uh, get, they wanted to be free to mm-hmm. throw the rocks without hindrance of their garments. But th- there's no real way to know exactly for sure why. It, although if you go over and we, you know, we're going to look at this more tomorrow, but it's okay. Now we can go over to acts 22 and when Paul's describing this, when he's talking to the crowd, and I'll read this again tomorrow, but it says, and I said, this is Acts 22, when he's making a defense to the people, uh, to Jewish people, uh, he's, there's a mob that wants to arrest him. They want to hurt him. And he says, let me make a defense. So he goes through and he tells about what happened to him on the road and everything. But he says, verse 19, and I said, Lord, they themselves know that in one synagogue after another, I imprisoned and I beat those who believed in you. And when the blood of Stephen, your witness, was being shed, I myself was standing by and approving and watching over the garments of those who killed him. So the very fact that twice there, both in 22 and here, it says approved and approving, why would he need to approve of it? It's almost like he was representing the council or somebody. Do you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Like he he gave a, a an endorsement. Okay, this is good. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because those two words are used there that he gave an endorsement to, or he basically uh, gave his blessing to it. Yes, and then because after that, then he is the one who is driving the persecution. So it, it's just interesting his role um, as far as it, was he a was he a like a member of the Sanhedrin or was he not quite at that level yet? Like where was he? Uh, in regards to that, I know he was studying under. Uh, how, I can't say. Well, that. if you got to remember, he was a Hellenistic Jew, so right? he couldn't be, and he was right. a Pharisee, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. There were there were not as many Pharisees on the council as there were Sadducees. Yeah, the Sadducees, um, the Sadducees tended to be more of the aristocratic class, mm-hmm. where the Pharisees were kind of like the blue collar guys. And the Pharisees get a bad rap a lot of times because uh, there there were hypocrites among them, but they cared about the law. Yeah. The Sadducees didn't. The Sadducees were more worried about how to twist the law mm-hmm. than they were really the implementation. Where the Pharisees got off track is they became legalistic and they started building boundaries around the law, and then they weren't even keeping some of those boundaries, but they would expect everybody else to. Does that sound familiar? We see that in our <laughs> government sometimes. Uh, <laughs> But um, so, you know, um, I, I just think that, um, you know, when we look at the, the, the words in Scripture, it says it in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, and over in Acts 22, he approved. That's very specific. Mm-hmm. And Luke is very specific in the language he used. And so um, that there there must have been some need for approval. It's almost like... You know, when you do an execution, you have to have a guy from the state representing that, okay, this was done properly. Does that right. make sense? Yeah. I think I think it seems as if he somehow was representative or he was representing the council there, but I don't think he was part of the council. I think he might have been a representative when he went to the um, – most of the time they didn't do their dirty work. Mm. They sent other mm-hmm. people to do it. 
So yeah, there was there was just more like the people who were doing the stoning were maybe some of the people who brought the ac- accusation and some local people, and then uh, Saul was there as a representative for the council to to bless it type thing. Yeah, right? like, yeah, you know. that's yeah, that's what I'm saying. They they well they they I'm, I'm you know they probably blessed it, but he was making sure it was done, done cor- correctly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got gotcha. yeah. Um, but he obviously had some level of trust with the people who were throwing the stones, mm-hmm. right, and the witnesses, because yeah. he approved. He, yeah. they, they, there was some level of trust between them because he reported that he approved it. Yeah, and then after that, I mean, he's he, you know, he had to have been trusted and also given some authority because then he is the driver in the persecution of the church. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that, I, to me, that seems like you know from the Jewish at the time way of looking at things would have been a big job, right? Like you don't just give that to anybody. You have to be, you know, well-respected and, and thought of as someone who can get the job done. Yeah. And I, 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 and again, remember who his uh, mentor was, it was Gamaliel, the great grandson of Hillel, right? So there was a, there was some, there was some connection there to the council. We Mm -hmm. know uh, and and maybe he was making sure it was done right because what did Gamaliel say? Hey, be careful! Right, you may be opposing God. Mm-hmm. So he gave his approval to it. In other words, this was a good thing. Does that make, that make yeah. sense? Does that answer your question? Oh yeah, no, I I understand that. I was just curious as to why he didn't throw the stone. But then you saying it kind of that way uh, puts it into more perspective. But then that just gets you thinking of like you know just the dynamics at the time of you know when he does eventually become a Christian, you know, he was really walking away from everything he knew, but also being a man of, you know, high standing in that culture. And he, he threw it away in pursuit of Christ. And then obviously he becomes, um, uh, a great missionary, but, you know, kind of when he did that, that, that was just interesting dynamics to think about. Cause usually we read it and we go, Oh yeah, well then he went and he became a Christian after he saw, you know, Jesus on the road to Damascus and, it's just kind of like nah, 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 well, nah. there is there is another uh, there is one other thing too, Taylor, that some people have uh, commented on is that some commentators believe that Luke, in writing this, the guilty party was always stripped before they were stoned, mm. but they didn't strip Stephen here. Instead, oh. the people that stoned him stripped, yeah. which would almost like a little ironic twist that they're guilty. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. That's just some commentators have picked up on that and said maybe Luke in writing this is saying they were the guilty ones and they laid them down at Paul's Paul's feet, hmm. but he gave his approval anyway. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That, yeah. that's that's good, interesting thought. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. I, I never picked up on that. I really knew about that. But yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, well, according to the Mishnah, that they, they were supposed to be uh, stripped. And the Mishnah, by the way, is the it's kind of like the oral commentary of the Old Testament, mm. like the Jewish mm-hmm. uh, rabbis would explain what it meant. I think we got a call real nope, quick. No, nope, no, we nope. lost them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, sorry, <laughs> we got good talking about the Mishnah. So, <laughs> um, but um, don't miss the fact that here's Saul. We're introduced to Saul, and we're going to see in the next chapter him changed. And then the rest of the book pretty much is about what happens in his life. Yeah. And and remember one of the themes we talked about last week and the week before and since the very beginning is 
that one of the main themes that runs all throughout Acts is that no one is beyond the loving power of God. No one. We don't always see that. Sometimes God's people are in the persecutors. Sometimes his his people who've not yet bowed their knee to him are in the group that is taunting, that is in the group that is hurling stones, that is in the group that is killing people. In fact, there have been Muslim men, imams, who have ordered the deaths of people. There's been there was a uh, there was an imam over in uh, one part of India that was extreme uh, extreme Muslim, and this particular imam broke the arm of an American missionary girl. She mm. was a, a, little, a child of a missionary over there. Mm. And that little girl prayed for him even after he did that. He, she, he broke her arm in a car door. I mean, it was uh, like oh. he, he, uh, he, was, he wanted to kill the family and ended up ultimately coming to Christ and trusting Christ as a result of the witness of this little girl and her family, even though she had a broken arm. And uh, we don't hear those kind of stories too often. You you know how you hear them? You get on the mission field. I heard that story when I was over in Kenya. Mm. And I met, I'm sorry, I, I said India. It wasn't India. It was in Somalia. It was a Somalian imam who did that. Mm. And uh, his, I think his name was Adam, if I remember right. Oh, wow. And And they ended up having to smuggle him out of Somalia in a casket under a dead body. That's how he got transported to safety. Wow. Because they were after him to kill him. I bet they were after yeah. him. He was the imam, and then you're going to... I, I, I mean, know. It's crazy stuff, but you don't hear that if you don't ever go out in the world and yeah. see these things. There's so many stories like that. So we're going to be talking about persecution all week. Remember, if you're his, you follow Jesus and part of his family, you're going to be persecuted, and you will proclaim Jesus as Messiah. All right, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual